the Sixers fans are feeling pretty good right now. The team is on a four-game winning streak swept. It's four-game homestand with a win over the Bulls on Wednesday. Back at it later on tonight when they take on the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. So that'll wrap up the four-game homestand. But the Sixers sitting at 6-2, six and two, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and looking like a legit contender overall in the NBA. Before I jump into things, though, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your fix. And, of course, check us out at libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. So... As I mentioned, Philly now sitting at 6-2 and two going into Thursday's matchup against the Pistons. Lots of went right, and it, it looked like it could have gone severely wrong when we found out that Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris were going to miss Monday's game against Portland. Of course, guys like Andre Drummond, guys like George Niang stepped up, and those guys' presence helped the team beat Damian Lillard's squad. In Wednesday's game against Chicago, we're still dealing without Tobias Harris. That's because he's out due to the league's health and safety protocols. Don't know when he's going to be back yet, but it could be up to 10 days. Again, depending on if he can get a couple of negative test results. Uh, Doc Rivers did say he is feeling it a bit, so it might take some time to see Toby back. And of course, Danny Green's still dealing with his injury as well. But again, the Sixers took care of business against a 6-1 and Chicago squad that might not have beaten any championship contender sans the Jazz. So, you know, I think Chicago's record was a bit inflated. Do I still think the Bulls are a playoff team? Absolutely. But, you know, maybe not as good as that 6-1 and one record indicated. Uh, one of the guys I didn't mention on purpose when I mentioned who stepped up without Embiid and Harris in terms of George Niang and Andre Drummond is Seth Curry, who has led the team three times in scoring overall through the first eight games of this season, uh, made a big shot to wrap up the game against the Bulls. Uh, put the Sixers up four late there where he, you know, five seconds on the shot clock where he's able to do a nice pump fake, get into the lane and, and you know, do a nice pull-up jumper and hit that shot that really I don't think he was comfortable taking last season. And he, it seems like he's embracing his role, embracing the moment and embracing what maybe a lack of Ben Simmons has to offer in terms of opportunities. Again, Ben's not going to take as many shots as Seth Curry ever did, but just Seth Curry's aggressiveness, looking for his shot quickly, in terms of catching and releasing it, and also driving more. You're seeing him him get, try and get to the hole a little bit more and being more aggressive and not just relying on the outside shot. And I think that's made him a more complete and a more dangerous offensive player. So looking at this, and again, that Ben Simmons thing is still kind of hanging over the Sixers, and we don't know how it's going to end up in terms of who he's going to get traded for, if he's going to get traded. But when you have Seth Curry out there, who's a bona fide number four Definitely could be a number three score in terms of on a on a on a very good playoff team, but I think more on a championship level, he'd probably be your fourth option, where a guy who could fill it up on any given night and, and help you seal a win in the postseason. So, loving what I've seen so far from Seth Curry, uh, he's averaging career highs pretty much across the board. He seventeen, just over seventeen points a game, but even his shooting, man, I mean, he's over sixty one percent from the field, almost at fifty four percent from the three point line, and you're looking at that's a five point one attempts per game, so. You're looking at how good he's been. And this is one thing, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, if you've heard it, is that when I was at Media Day and at training camp and listening to him talk about being more aggressive and finding his footing as an offensive star, you've kind of seen that. And, you know, I noticed that, especially during the on-court workouts that the media is allowed to see, is Seth was always there after practice, just taking shots, taking shots, catch and shoot, quick release, quick release, quick release. So, and it's funny because Joel Embiid and some other players in the NBA have mentioned how they're not really fans of the new Wilson ball and it naturally would feel different than, than the product they were using for years with, with Spalding. But 
uh, Joel pointed out pointed that out during the post game press conference after the Bulls win was that man, it's not affecting him and he was pointing at Seth Curry and he's still right on that. Uh, so that's been really really good to see and, and another reason for the turnaround has been the defense. You're looking at a team that finished second overall in defensive rating last year. Uh, struggled a little bit to, to start this season in terms of on the defensive end, had the easy win against the Nets, but those next three games where they went one and two, gave up 114 to Brooklyn, 103 to an OKC squad that stinks, and then 112 to a Knicks team that looks like it's falling back to earth. But the defense has really started the shift over the last four games. The Sixers are giving up less than 100 points per outing. And another reason for that is they've been a lot better defending the outside shooting. I mean, they still rank 19th overall in terms of three-point percentage allowed, but it's been a lot better over the last four games. And, and you're kind of starting to see that through the rotations, through guys getting out and contesting shooters, not just giving up easy, open looks. And I think that that kind of comes from the Sixers' identity and what they are, which is they're going to be a hell of a defensive team with or without Ben. But if they can kind of get better at defending the outside shooting and making sure the rotations are strong, which they have been over the last four games, I think you're going to see the Sixers go on some more runs like we have seen them over the past week. I want to jump into Thursday's game against the Pistons. We'll do that after a short break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, and we're back. So Sixers on a back-to-back, taking on the Pistons in, in Detroit later on today. Interesting to see that the Pistons did finally get a win in terms of they were 0-4 when they were, they were taking on the, the, the Sixers the first time out, now sitting at 1-6. Of course, they beat the team that they'll be fighting it out for for the number one odds for the NBA draft lottery next year, which is the Orlando Magic. So again, uh, the Pistons looking at them overall, what might be different from last time? Well, a big domino is they'll have number one overall pick, Kate Cunningham, in the lineup, but... That dude has struggled so far early on in his career. Not going to say he's a bust or anything. Way too, way too early for that. Only played in two games, averaging four points, four and a half boards. But again, this is a Pistons team that isn't very good. This game, hopefully the Sixers can and their starters can come out, get this up to a 15 point lead at some point in the second quarter, and then maybe just kind of keep the Pistons at bay throughout or, or pull away completely and put this one away early so you can get some rest to the big guns. But again, you don't want to give this Pistons team any life and this so looking at this you know the Sixers have played so good over the last four games and, and sweeping that four game homestand that this might be a bit of a trap game and the Pistons are coming off an ugly ugly loss to the Bucks. they go they got killed by almost 30 so you know they might be a little bit amped up to turn things around Dwayne Casey still a heck of a coach in terms of being a veteran so again I'm not looking at the Pistons as if they should be a, a legitimate like oh man you know 
the Sixers better watch out, but they can't come out and take their foot off the gas because as we saw at the end of the previous time, these two teams played, which is that Detroit went on a 16-1 run to make things a lot closer than they needed to be. I mean, of course, the Sixers still hung on for an eight-point win, but you want to see the Sixers really try and put this game away early because they got another one in Chicago on Saturday. So you'll be playing three games in four nights in terms of taking on the, the Pistons on Thursday, and you're going to be four and six when you take on Chicago on Saturday, which, again, the Sixers hung on to beat the Bulls today. I still think the Sixers are a better team overall than Chicago, but you really don't want to spend too much energy if you can dispose of a team like the Pistons early on. So I'm looking for that, and hopefully the defense can continue uh, to improve and 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 really lock down a not a very good piston squad that ranks last in points per game, uh, gives up a ton in terms of open threes, worst three point percentage allowed, worst opponents field goal percentage allowed. So you're looking at this team like if the Sixers can stay focused on the offensive end, do a lot of the same things they've been doing over the last couple of outings, which is spreading the the rock around, sharing the ball, and trying to get out and run in transition when the opportunity presents itself. I'm hoping that the Sixers can have like a 10, 15, 20 point lead at the break. If not, you're going to let this Pistons team hang on and expend more energy than you need to, especially playing three games in four nights. That'll do it for this one. I'll be back on late Thursday night for the recap of the game, flying solo for this one. But also don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. 